Hello and welcome back to the Spectrum Health Lakeland Emergency Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Trigger, EM Core Faculty and Social Media Director. We're a community-based program focusing on training excellent residents to care for anyone, anywhere, at any time. Our focus is to provide a community perspective on emergency medicine residency training. I'd also like to welcome my co-host, Dr. Brand Bowden, who is one of our fourth years and chief resident. Welcome to the show, Dr. Bowden. Hey, Dr. Trigger. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Glad we're getting back together podcasting. We've got a good podcast, hopefully, for you guys today. We're here joined by one of our first year residents, Dr. Jack Wesley. Welcome, Jack. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. So Jack's going to talk to us just kind of about what his experience has been like thus far and his reasons for choosing Lakeland coming from a large academic tertiary care center to a more community-based program and sort of what his motivation was to come here. We're glad he did. So Jack, do you want to kind of introduce yourself to everybody where you're from and then talk about why you chose to come train at Lakeland? Yeah, so born and raised in Michigan, grew up in Rochester, Michigan, uh, just outside of Metro Detroit. Uh, went to Grand Valley State University for undergrad, go Lakers, and then out to Michigan State University College of Human Medicine. And I actually did um, all of my four years of training up in Grand Rapids. They kind of split the campuses there between there and East Lansing. And yep, then uh, came down here to Lakeland. Well, we're definitely glad to have you. So Jack, I just want to know a little bit more about how the intern year is going so far and your transition from a larger city to a smaller community. Yeah, so like most interns, I'm, I'm sure would agree with me, it's like drinking water through a fire hose. Just a lot coming at you really fast. Uh, you know, you're expected to kind of pick up things on day one and just kind of improve every day and every shift. Coming down to St. Joe, uh, my wife and I moved down here, we got a house, and we, we absolutely fell in love with the area. We were always kind of looking for more of a community setting. Didn't know specifically what that would entail, but um, after settling here for a few months, uh, like I said, we absolutely love the area. Just plenty of things to do outside um, in the smaller downtown. Uh, now, in terms of the medicine, that's where there's definitely a difference coming from Grand Rapids itself. Um, so I did most of my training up at Butterworth Hospital, which was a tertiary care center. And in fact, since I went to undergrad near at Grand Valley and outside of Grand Rapids, I actually did some medical scribing in the Butterworth Emergency Department before um, I did med school up there. That's kind of what gave me my introduction to emergency medicine. So pretty much from my undergrad days through medical school, all I knew was kind of that tertiary care emergency department. So you have almost every specialty under the sun. Uh, when you get uh, more complex cases, you know, traumas, you have the trauma service down there. You have emergency department running airway. If it's pediatrics, you have the pediatric physicians and residents from Helen DeVos coming down. So you have this just really large access uh, to all these other subspecialties. So while you're still seeing that bread and butter emergency medicine cases day in and day out, some of the more complex surgical cases, uh, you just really just a phone call away and then kind of you, you go from there based on what they recommend or what they're treating or whether ortho's coming down to do your reductions. So when I was looking for a residency program, I wanted something that just gave me a little bit more access to doing some of my procedures. And while that comes with its own challenges based off of still trying to see the same amount of volume and getting those procedures under your belt, I just felt that that would offer better training for me as a physician when I eventually finish residency. So looking around, my eyes kind of fell on Lakeland. I did plan on doing a audition rotation here. However, COVID had other ideas with that, and we were actually allowed one audition rotation, and that was at our home institution. So again, my even my audition rotation was up at Butterworth, and that was they have a fantastic group up there, great department, and but I never got to feel truly what it was like to work more in a community setting. So coming down here, starting my first few months off intern year, that's when I really started to kind of appreciate the little quirks that community emergency medicine kind of has and, and comes with. So Jack, it sounds like coming here was definitely you know a calculated decision that you probably put a lot of thought into. 
And like many of our other residents and even some of our attendings, people's background isn't necessarily all the same. We have a lot of attendings and residents who trained previously at larger academic centers. You know, being now five months into intern year, what are some sort of benefits, I guess, that you have noticed or some advantages that residents who train at a program like ours might have, say, over some of the residents who train at some of the larger academic centers? Yeah, that's a great question. I I think just having almost more direct access to your patients and your procedures. You know, you don't have that subspecialty to fall back on to come down and, and do some of the things that you would at a larger access hospital. So that's definitely one of the pros. I was able to start off just with my schedule. Personally, my first three months were in the emergency department, so I didn't have any off-service rotation. So just the amount of procedures, whether it be um, central lines, reductions, was way more than I ever thought I would just in the first three months alone. Just being able to have direct access to your attendings to kind of guide you through it. And really, it's it's your procedure. Um, there's been cases where the the senior will be running a code and I just kind of pop my head in, just, you know, just try to take whatever learning I can be. And since the seniors, almost all of them have their numbers with every procedure, they hand it off to me saying, hey, Jack, you're up to intubate. So, you know, just that opportunity to step up. And from what I witness at larger tertiary care centers is it just tends to be a little bit more hierarchical because you have those subspecialties, the numbers might just be a, a touch harder to get. While you still get fantastic training, no matter where you go, usually, I just felt the training was definitely more kind of boots on the ground down here and just able to get in there and get your numbers and actually just treat the patients by yourself. Yeah, I think that our goal here is really to bring the interns into the mix right up front. We have a kind of a two-week onboarding process, and then the first month uh, in July, the interns work two weeks with double-covered shifts with a senior to kind of get them up to speed, and then we transition the intern into a role where they are managing cases independently. We don't have our interns stray away from critical care patients, but we actually push them into the room so they can get their numbers pretty quickly from a procedure standpoint, but also develop their practice where they're being monitored by a senior, but also the attending as well. We do have specialist oversight every now and again, but most of the procedures that are performed in our department are performed by our residents independently with the attendings at bedside. And Jack, tell us about some of the procedures that you've already done in your first few months and why you feel that it is so much more important for you as you progress through your career to develop this hands-on skill without the backup of a specialist at all times. Yeah, it's always these cases that you never really suspect that just not necessarily spiral, but just kind of develop clinically in the emergency department. Uh, these things like just uh, someone fell off, uh, you know, father trying to ride their child's skateboard, fell off the back onto their elbow, and then they dislocated it. You know, uh, coming in, the elbow didn't look grossly deformed, but I just thought it was more of a contusion all of a sudden turned into having to be a sedation with a reduction. You know, we were able to kind of crank that out uh, within under an hour, and it was just took a lot of uh, learning away from that. And another two... Dr. Trigger's points, um, kind of pushing interns to act a little bit more independently with, obviously, physician and um, senior oversight. We work night shifts down in Niles. Uh, They tend to be 6 p.m. to 4 a.m. shifts currently, and there's a gap there between midnight and 4 a.m. where it's usually just the intern and one attending. And I find that while um, those shifts tend to be challenging, most of my learning comes from there because, really, when you're 
in the department there with just you and the attending, you're it. So the procedures I've gotten to do down there between that time period, anything just putting patients on uh, CPAP, whether they're coming in with congestive heart failure or uh, you know flash pulmonary edema to intubations to just more sedations, uh, procedural reductions as well. Hematoma blocks for uh, distal radius fractures, just the things I, I never would have thought of doing just in med school that I've done in the first three months. Yeah, you guys have sort of touched on what I think is one of the beauties of going through a program. Speaking as a fourth year who's gone through it is you definitely get exposure to every single patient that comes in the department early on. There's not any like structured hierarchical learning. You know, you're, you're thrown into codes, traumas with the support of the senior resident and the attending. But because of that, you get your numbers and your procedures and your experience so early that you're ready to teach, which is, I think, a fundamental part of residency is getting to that next step whether or not you're going to go into academics or, you know, teaching in the future, it doesn't really matter. But I think that one of the beauties and the best things about our program that I love as a senior is I can have the ability to jump in and say, hey, Jack, this trauma's coming in. I want you to just focus on running it and taking care of procedures, and I'll do the orders and the note. Um, and so it doesn't really mess up your workflow, and you get to just kind of come in and take care of a cool case and do some procedures so that you're in a position of comfort you know, in your second year or third year to sort of teach the next generation, so to speak. And I think that's really one of the beauties of a program is you get so much exposure, so many procedures, that by second or third year, you're ready to, to teach the students or the junior residents. Um, and so, and that helps reinforce your learning as a senior. Yeah, so those are all great points that we talk about. And these are things that medical students need to look at as you're starting this process, or actually in the process of interviewing at programs now. Large academic centers are great for what they are, but community-based programs are the backbone of emergency medicine and really provide most of the health care that is provided once you graduate. And two-thirds of graduating EM residents will pursue a community-based practice once they complete their residency. So it's hugely important to understand all of the procedures that you may do on your own once you're out there practicing. So. Jack, I'll ask one more question. Do you have any advice for medical students who are currently in the process of interviewing and what to look for when it comes to these residency interviews? And what would be the one greatest thing you could leave with them to say, this is what makes the most sense for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think one of the more helpful things that I, I wish someone would have told me beforehand is just, first off, figure out what you want to do with your career. You know, kind of think about what setting you necessarily want to work in because there's a huge variety out there whether based on regionally across the united states or just from program to program 30 miles down the road there's a lot of varying degrees of that so a just do your research into what you want to do and how you think the program that you're interviewing at can get you to where you want to go and then be an, another big piece of advice is don't pigeonhole yourself into this idea of what these larger academic institutions that have, you know, kind of all these bells and whistles at your hands, because that doesn't necessarily translate to you getting your optimal residency training. Kind of what Dr. Trigger was saying is that I knew in picking here that by the end of my three years here, I will have seen a vast variety of things and performed a large amount of procedures where I should feel comfortable enough to go out into almost any clinical setting, whether that be academic, whether that be a rural community ED, or whether it be kind of like a suburban emergency department, and to be able to perform as a, as a, as a good physician and practice good medicine and be able to see any amount of volume and 
perform my own procedures. That's great advice, Jack. I really appreciate you joining us today. We cannot progress this program without residents like yourself, and we really appreciate all of that you've put into it so far and look forward to your growth in the next couple years. And all the medical students out there, please get in touch with us. Hopefully you're listening to this podcast and we've kind of developed some plan for you to uh, go through as you are in the process of interviewing at this point in time. So once again, Jack, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. And Brandon, it's uh, a pleasure as always to sit down with you and chat via podcast. Same here. Had fun. Thanks again, Jack. Yep, anytime. All right, guys, we appreciate it. Thank you once again for joining the Spectrum Health Lakeland Emergency Medicine Podcast. We're always here for you guys, so please reach out and uh, take care.